Welcome to the Inclusive Growth Show with Toby Milden. Future-proofing your business by creating a diverse workplace. Hello there. Thank you ever so much for tuning into this episode of the Inclusive Growth Show. I'm Toby Milden, and today I'm joined by Darren Burns. Darren works for Timpsons, and uh, it's great to have you on the show, Darren. Thank you, Toby. Great to be here. Okay. So, um, Darren, can you just let us know a bit about what you do at Timpsons and how you got into your current role? Yeah, so I'm really lucky. I genuinely believe I've got the best job in the world. So um, I've got quite a quite a long, pompous um, title. So I'm known as the National Recruitment Ambassador. Um, but all that means essentially is that I, um, I find amazing colleagues to, to join the Timpson business. Um, I think my primary role is to look after the, the Timpson Foundation. On the Timpson Foundation, we provide training and employment opportunities for marginalized groups, predominantly ex-offenders. So I get to spend lots of my time meeting um, amazing people with super interesting stories. Typically, we find them at the lowest point in their lives, um, and we, we kind of pat them down, and we give them a second chance, um, and we bring them into our business. When they're there, we give them all the support, guidance, and, and everything necessary for them to, to, to make a success in our business. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I do in a nutshell. That's really cool. And and for the person listening to this episode, they might not be aware of what Timpsons is. So can you just give us a quick rundown of, of what your business is? Yeah, of course. Happy to. So Timpsons are one of the oldest family owned businesses in the UK. We were founded back in 1865. We're currently the largest service retailer in the UK. We employ five and a half thousand colleagues and we've got in excess of 2,500 outlets um, throughout the country. So it's important to know that it's not just the Timpson business. I work for the, the Timpson Group, but part of the Timpson Group, you've got lots of other businesses which fall under our banner. So um, we've got Max Spielman, who are our photo experts. We've also got Snappy Snaps, who are predominantly based in the south. Max Spielman tend to be based in the north, although we, they are kind of encroaching all, all over the UK. In addition to that, um, we own Johnson's The Cleaners, we own Jeeves of Belgravia, who are kind of high-end dry cleaners. We've got the largest mobile locksmith business in the UK. And in addition to that, we own a number of um, pubs and restaurants um, throughout the country. That's really cool, because I, I, re- I didn't realise that Timpsons had so many businesses to its names. I um, I always associated it with the the retail units that you have near train stations and in shopping centers to get your your keys cut and uh, your, your shoes cleaned and repaired. Yeah, it's always interesting to me because whenever I tell people I, I work for Timson, you, you're quite right. I think the misconception is, is that we're, we're kind of a small franchise business and you see these small kiosks and train stations, but it, it, we couldn't be further from the truth. We're, we're a large, successful business, family run and owned. And as I just explained then, we've got lots of other businesses that come under our umbrella. So um, yeah, qu- qu- quite a big business really. So the reason why I'm so excited about talking to you today was, is because of what Timpsons does around employing ex-offenders. Not many businesses um, have a have a program for recruiting ex-offenders. Um, and I think there's a lot of fear as well amongst some businesses that I've talked about, about recruiting people with, you know, with a criminal record. You know, so why does Timpsons employ ex-offenders? I think it's important really to give some background as to how the whole thing started before we go into the reasons why, if that's okay with you, Toby. So yeah. this, the Timpson Foundation yeah. was founded by um, our CEO, 
my boss, James Timpson, who is super passionate about prison reform and, and giving people a second chance, really. Back in 2002, James was invited to a local prison in the northwest of England, HMP Thorncross. It was James's first time in a prison, and I think it's fair to say he didn't really know what to expect. Um, James was shown around the prison by a, a serving inmate, a young guy called Matt. James really liked Matt. He thought he was very intelligent, very articulate, and thought he'd be a great addition to our business. So probably a huge breach of security, but James kind of passed him a business card and said, Matt, when you get released, give me a call and we'll see if we can get you a job. James was good to his word, as was Matt. And a few months later, Matt um, come to work in a Timpson business. And from that moment on, James thought, well, if there's one really good guy like Matt in one small prison in the northwest of England, surely there's going to be hundreds, if not thousands of people who just need that opportunity, just need that second chance. Um, and from that moment on, we began to proactively recruit ex-offenders in, into the Timpson business. Um, very proud to say that we're now one of, if not the largest employer of, of ex-offenders in the UK. Um, currently, about 10% of our workforce are made up of people who we've either recruited directly from prison or who've declared they've got an offending background. And that roughly equates to about 650 people um, who work across the business in various roles. However, there's actually um, more people with um, an offending background who work in the business um, because people kind of drop off that list. We, we, we refer to them as foundation colleagues, but people drop off that list naturally after kind of two years' service. Yeah. So in, in actual fact, we estimate we've probably got a more more about maybe 1,200, 1,300 people across the business who've got an offending background. So uh, what, what kind of advantages are you seeing by re- recruiting ex-offenders and how do they add to the business? Huge advantage. So we, we we basically split this into kind of three main areas. So that the first benefits of employing ex-offenders for us is that we genuinely believe it's the right thing to do for, for kind of society. If you bear in mind, Toby, that there's 11 million people currently in the UK with a conviction more serious than a driving offence. So that's roughly one sixth of the UK population. Mm. So for us as an employer to, to, to throw um, one sixth of the population on the employment scrap heap and assume that they're worthless, they're inherently dishonest, they've got nothing to offer, they can't make any positive contributions. We just think it's madness. And where lots of other employees will actively discriminate against this cohort, um, their loss is our gain because we kind of um, look past that. Um, and what we don't try, tend to do is focus on people's past, but where they're going in the future. Yeah. Um, so that obviously is, is our main benefit. The other benefit to society as well is that reoffending is, is reported to cost the, the UK taxpayer £18 billion a year. Um, which is kind of made up of um, custody costs, probation costs, police costs, and the fact that these people, if they were working before they went into custody, aren't obviously contributing to the to the tax system whilst they're in there. Um, so anything we can do to to divert people away from crime and back into employment, everybody wins, um, including the taxpayer. Um, I think it's it's kind of widely accepted that. Um, employment is a key factor to reducing reoffending. Um, statistically, 61% of prison leavers will reoffend um, within two years of leaving custody, um, and that's been proven to be reduced to uh, 19% if people have got full-time employment. So there's clear evidence there that I- employment is, is a key factor to, to stop people offending. It's not the only factor, but it's a very important one. People also need, obviously, somewhere safe to live, and they need the support of, of friends and family as well. Yeah. Um, but obviously, on the back of all that, if people are committing less crime, um, then our communities are safer, and most importantly of all, there are fewer victims. One of the other reasons we do it as well is it's because it's good for the individuals that we help. Obviously, the fact that they're not going into into prison anymore um, means that they can lead kind of normal, law-abiding lives, 
they can achieve more um, and the families also benefit massively too obviously as you can imagine if you do get sent to prison um, that means often that you can't see your, your loved ones um, your children which has a huge detrimental impact on, on kind of family life so anything we can do to divert people away from crime the, the individual benefits um, but I think if I'm being completely honest with you Toby I think the real reason we, we do this and we're so good at it is because we've identified early on um, that it's really good for our business um, we don't shy away from the fact in Timson that we are first and foremost a commercial business we're not a charity um, and these people that we employ from these these marginalized backgrounds um, do exceptionally well in our business and that's because they are highly loyal um, they stay with us longer than um, colleagues recruited from other other streams they're highly productive um, statistically they're more honest which is an interesting one I get reports every year from our head of security and that tells me how many people we've kind of dismissed for gross misconduct or stealing from the till, essentially. And the, the number of foundation colleagues or ex-offender colleagues that get dismissed for that offence just pales into insignificance um, compared to colleagues that we've recruited from more regular streams. So, yeah, statistically, the, these people are more honest. We believe the reason for that is because they've often been turned down again and again by other employers. And when we give them that trust and we show them them that, give them opportunities, they're very reluctant to kind of go back on that and to mess it up and they grab onto these opportunities with both hands. It just sounds like a just seems like an absolute no-brainer to it, me. It really does. I mean, it's, these people tend to be more resilient as well, and that's often because they've been through sort of hellish times in prison. And if you can deal with that, if you can go through a prison sentence and come out and everything that it entails, um, then anything we can throw at them, um, they tend to deal with quite easily. Another kind of interesting um Quite a, quite amusing um, reason why we take an ex-offenders as well is that we find that lots of ex-offenders uh, are able to turn their criminal tendencies into kind of entrepreneurship. Um, so an example I would give is that if we employ somebody who's been convicted of dealing drugs, obviously as a drug dealer, they'd be doing deals with amounts of drugs with lots of customers and this, that and the other. And they're able to very quickly use their transferable skills, if you like. And instead of doing deals with drugs, they're now doing deals with our customers. Um, so we'll, we'll cut you a key, we'll cut you the second one half price, we'll repair one pair of shoes with a second pair of shoes we'll, we'll, we'll repair for free and all these sort of deals um, so as I said they're able to turn the criminal tendencies into entrepreneurship which is um, a huge benefit to our business. That's really cool it reminds me I mean this is such a huge cliche but it reminds me of like you know the CIA employing um, hackers uh, to you know increase uh, security <laughs> for, you know for the US exactly that you know they're using their criminal tendencies to to hack into, uh, you know, banks and things like that, but, you know, using it for, for security instead. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, yeah. certainly done wonders for our business. So what are some of the um, concerns that you hear other employers having about recruiting ex-offenders? Because, you know, you, you've embraced it wholeheartedly, but I imagine that you come across other employers that have got fears or concerns and you know what are some of those things yeah i think um, i spend lots of my time toby um essentially doing consultancy for other businesses so what we try and do is we try and encourage them and help them to to, to see the benefit of working with these marginalized groups but you're quite right i mean some of the questions we get asked are um, can you guarantee me that if i challenge one of these people for being late or for a minor disciplinary issue can you guarantee me they're not going to assault me or headbutt me can you guarantee me that they're not going to um pinch um, 
my wallet or my handbag from the staff room. Um, so all these sort of questions, which I don't like to call them daft questions, but obviously the, the, the answer is, is that we can't give any guarantees, but we can't give guarantees with anyone because it's free will and people will be people. Um, all we do is we give them positive examples. I mean, for all the years we've been doing this now, we've literally never encountered any of that. We've never had any kind of major emergencies with the people we've taken on we've never had any instances of our our colleagues being assaulted by people we recruit from prison uh, we haven't had any examples of any, any kind of personal thefts we've had people pinching money out the till but we get more people pinching money out of our tills who we recruit through the job center so we're just trying to allay these fears and we just explain to them that these people are essentially just people often they've made bad choices often they've, been, they've made mistakes but we just ask people to kind of overlook the, the, the headlines of what these people have done and just try and speak to them and establish what kind of mindset they were in at the time when they were making these offences and more importantly what's what's changed yeah i think if employers can just move beyond those those bound those, those obstacles and those fears yeah. then they can tap into a huge amount of potential that you, you you outlined earlier like the statistics that you shared with us are just staggering and they're just to me they're just a no-brainer um really for the success of businesses yeah completely i mean i think one of the most frustrating things for us as a business when we're kind of um working with other organizations um is that they often present us with these hr policies um which say that they cannot um, employ ex-offenders and in our experience these policies were written 25 30 years ago in some cases yeah. and they're just not really they just don't really stand up to any scrutiny so we, we just advise people to take these policies tear them up and start again um as i mentioned before there's one sixth of the uk population with a conviction more serious than a driving offense um so there's just a huge untapped um, pool of talent out there yeah uh, the pr- prisons at the moment we've got about eighty four thousand prisoners so there are just lots of really good people who just need that opportunity yeah absolutely i know so i mean timpsons is famous for its ex-offenders program but you do you do other um talent programs um can you let, let us know what you do what else you do we do, yeah. So it's, um, I think the, the ex-offenders, you're quite right, we're more well-known for that. But we also work with military veterans. Um, so we've partnered up with a number of agencies and military charities. Um, our policy at the moment is that we will guarantee um, any service leave an interview with Timson. Um, and again, we find that um, lots of people who've left the forces are a really good fit for our business. And that's because essentially some of the old cliches, I mean, these people tend to be very presentable. Um, they tend to be very punctual. Um, they're very ambitious and very hardworking. So again, we find that these guys are a really good fit for our business. Um, we also deal with long-term unemployed, people who've, who've been out of the, the labour market for some time. And again, this what we found is that... Um, self-esteem and self-worth can be so low in some of these people if they haven't worked for kind of 10 years 12 years um so by always gently kind of introducing them into our business and back into the world of work they're just so grateful and, and they end up being fantastic colleagues we also work with disabled people um, we've worked with mencap in the past we work with an organization called WorkFit. Um, and we've got a number of um, Down syndrome colleagues who work um, in our HQ, which is Timpson House in Withenshaw, um, in various roles. Um, we also work with um, a number of charities which support refugees. Uh, we've taken on a number of Syrian refugees um, over the last couple of years. Again, all gone on to do fabulous things in our business, gone on to get promoted and work in various roles. Um, 
We've also got our, our own um, company charity, which is called the Alex Timpson Trust. Um, and what we do there is we, we, we champion um, opportunities for looked after children, so people who've been through the care system. And again, we, we, we employ them. Lots of the people in care, unfortunately, are kind of over, overrepresented in custody as well. So we come across lots of people who've been in the care system in prisons. Um, so we give them opportunities, and, and again, because we are showing these people the kind, the kind of trust and giving them the, these opportunities to improve their lives, uh, it works very well for our business. I think what's really cool is that you've got all of these um, talent schemes, but what also is really good is that the culture of your organisation is very kind of familial um, and inclusive, and it's just it's just become very normalised. And how do you think the Timpsons culture has? has got to that that point well it's something toby for me and honestly I, I i can't take any credit for i mean our, our ceo james timpson he's such an amazing leader and as i mentioned before james is kind of super passionate not only about prison reform but about helping some of these other sort of hard to reach marginalized groups um and because of james's genuine belief and the, the way the way james leads it just becomes easy. So you're quite right. All this stuff that we do is kind of completely normalized and embedded now within our culture. I mean, I think going back to the ex-offender piece, I mean, when James first took on Matt back in 2002, James was faced with a decision. His initial thought was to kind of sneak Matt into the business and say, Matt, for God's sake, don't tell anybody you're from prison. It will cause chaos. Um, but James didn't do that. James was kind of um, true to his beliefs. And, and, and James announced to the whole business that, we are going to be working with people um, with an offending background and you'll basically have to have to like it, get on with it, embrace it or find your happiness elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, that kind of leadership from James just permeated throughout the whole business. And you're quite right to say now, it, it's just very, very normal. I mean, any, any of our colleagues that you speak to, any of our branches across all of our businesses, um, if you speak to them about working with ex-offenders or um, ex-veterans or disabled people, it's just completely normal to them. And I say, oh, yeah, I work with Dave, who was in prison. I work with Jane, who was an ex-military veteran. And it's just a really normal thing to do for us. Yeah. and But like you say, it, had, it started from the top of the organization, you know, yeah. bold leadership to say we are being inclusive um, in this case yeah. of, you know, somebody who's an ex-offender. You know, whether you like it or not, you know, this is what I want the culture of my organization to be. Um, and then it's kind of permeated from from there. I think that's that's a really key takeaway of that that senior bold sponsorship um, dri- driving it. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair to say. And, and, and I'm not um, oblivious to the fact that we're in a really fortunate position that we are a family owned and run business. So whatever um, James Timpson, our CEO and John Timpson, our chairman, want to do in whichever direction they want to take the business in. We, we, we all get on board with it. Um, we don't have any shareholders that we need to kind of placate. Um, so we're able to make these decisions and up to now it's proven extremely positive. Yeah. So I, I really hope that the person listening to this conversation today realizes that employing ex-offenders is a no-brainer for businesses. Um, what is your advice to them on what they should do to to start helping their business employ ex-offenders? I think one of the first things we always kind of advise businesses who are keen to get into this space is to make an appointment to visit one of your local prisons. I mean, offenders suffer with this horrific kind of stigma. So people think that everybody in prison is kind of a heavily tattooed thug who can't string a sentence together. They're dangerous and 
they're not to be trusted and nothing could be further from the truth. Um, so we, we invite people to go into the, the local prisons, make contact with the kind of resettlement departments. Every prison's got a, a resettlement department. Make contact with somebody in that local prison, go in for a visit, meet some of the men and some of the women. Um, and very, very quickly, you'll realise that these people haven't got two heads. Um, they're just normal people like you and I um, who've made a, a bad choice or a series of bad choices. Um, but if you if you show them that trust and give them that opportunity, it, it can work wonders for your business. Um, there's lots of kind of um, other organisations set up to, to help smooth the transition as well. So um, I sit on a leadership panel for an organisation um, called EFRA, which stands for the Employers Forum for Reducing Reoffending. And this essentially is kind of a, a collection of forward-thinking businesses who meet um, every month um, and, and we kind of um, spend lots of our time um, encouraging other businesses to move into this space and see beyond the headlines and, and offer people opportunities. Um, there's also a fantastic initiative um, run by the Ministry of Justice called the New Futures Network. And these, uh, these guys are specifically set up to help employers to go into prison and to remove any of the barriers, if you like, so employees can go into a prison, identify talent and bring these people out of custody directly into the workplace. And they've got lots of fantastic kind of information on their websites. Brilliant. So so um, you know, the person listening to our conversation today should get in touch with EFRA and the um, the New Futures Network as, as well as forming some links with a, a prison that's close to them absolutely yeah i mean yeah. Just, just to touch on a point i made earlier um toby as well it's hr policies lots of businesses just think that they actually can't do this because of their hr policies which are essentially defunct often written a long time ago aren't really relevant in today's society so if that is um a, an obstacle and a barrier uh, we, ju- we just urge people to kind of take them policies tear them up and rewrite them make them more relevant and then all of a sudden th- these kind of opportunities can present themselves yeah, absolutely. Believe me, there's lots of policies that we need to, uh, when it comes to diversity yeah. and inclusion, there's loads of policies that we just need to rip up and start again and, and make sure that diversity and inclusion is, is is embedded in those in those policies and documents. Um, before we go, Darren, um, this is the Inclusive Growth Show. Um, I'm interested in hearing what your thoughts are on what inclusive growth is. I think in- inclusive growth in our business is, ju- is just providing opportunities for everybody. As our business has become more successful over the years, so is kind of the investment that we've made for our colleagues. I think lots of uh, other businesses make the mistake of essentially just not treating the colleagues well enough. What we believe is by recruiting from a, a diverse range of kind of backgrounds, it just enriches our business completely um, and has taken us into all sorts of weird and wonderful directions, which have been nothing but beneficial for our organisation. Um, but for me, it's all about taking care of your colleagues. I mean, we do wonderful things. We've got lots of financial benefits, lots of welfare benefits. Um, I'll touch on some of the kind of headline grabbing ones if you want. So um, Timson colleagues, for example, um, they never work the birthday. They always get the birthday off. If any any Timson colleagues get married, they get a week off work. Wow. They get a hundred pound bonus in the wages and they get to use the, the company limousine as the wedding car. We've got interest-free staff loans. So any of our colleagues need, need a loan, they've got an emergency if the boiler breaks or the car breaks down, anything like that. Um, we, we kind of offer them interest-free loans. We have holiday homes throughout the UK and Europe, which are free to use for our colleagues and their families. We do a great scheme called Dreams Come True, um, whereby colleagues across the business write into James 
Um, it can be absolutely anything. It can be, dear James, uh, me and my family have always wanted to visit Disney World in Florida or go on a Caribbean cruise, all sorts of weird and wonderful things. I'm, I'm, we're able to make that happen. Some of the ones I've been fortunate enough to be involved with um, through the foundation, we've, we've paid court fines for people. Um, we've paid for cosmetic surgery for people. We've paid for IVF, which is, which is quite a nice one. So we, we've got a, a a few Tim's and babies now, which we've helped. So <laughs> it's just, it's just really good to, to look after your colleagues. And it, not only is it, it, do we believe it's the right thing to do, kindness is just kind of a, a, a key element of our culture. But it's also good for business as well because it, it stands to reason if you look after your colleagues, they're going to look after you and work hard for you. Brilliant. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm really tempted to come and work for Timpsons now. I'm just going <laughs> to shut up my own business and come and work for you guys because it just sounds brilliant. <laughs> Darren, thank you ever so much for joining me on today's episode. Um, I, I've loved talking to you and I, I I just find some of the numbers that you've shared with me around employing ex-offenders just completely and utterly staggering. And uh, it's just a no-brainer that businesses need to employ ex-offenders and if necessary, just rip up their policies and start start again. Um, so thank you for, for sharing that that with us. Um, and thank you for tuning into this episode of the Inclusive Growth Show. Um, I hope you enjoyed um, Darren and me talking today. Thank you for listening to the Inclusive Growth Show. For further information and resources from Toby and his team, head on over to our website at milden.co.uk.